What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Boochcast. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a special event that we have for you guys just a few short days away from our official return after being gone on our winter hiatus for God, it feels like forever. But we are excited to be back here, and we are kicking things off with NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, which is a two-night event. And we're kicking things off with a recap of night one. And of course, joining me once again here on the Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. Great friend of mine, great mind for wrestling. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one, the only, Mr. John Tumblin. Vinny, Vinny, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for having me back. It's uh, It's been a while, hasn't it? And uh, it, 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 took, it took NXT to bring us back together. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's like it feels like, like I said, it feels like forever since we've been on the show. It, it has, yeah, yeah. You know, we took we took some time off. We had some things we had to do, mm-hmm. you know, project wise, personal wise. But I feel like the time is right for us to finally come back and do the show. Yeah, I mean, we've even had takeover. Like there ha- there have been other takeovers, but it just felt that this was the one, the WrestleMania takeover. Absolutely, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get into this night one of takeover, while I got John here, because uh, there's Something else is going to be happening uh, on night two, but we'll wait till the end to talk about that. Uh, I got to get John's thoughts on this because the last time you guys heard me talk NXT, I was here for Vengeance Day. And what was, beyond a shadow of a doubt, one of the craziest endings I've ever seen at the end of a pay-per-view or an event. And something that shocked me, which is hard and rare to do. But I know that this is a situation that when I saw it, my first thought was, what is John going to say when he sees this? <laughs> because you guys know there is a certain group, there is a certain faction in NXT that John has preached heavily. There is a certain individual from that group that he admires greatly. He's even wearing his shirt as we speak. That's right. So, John, I have to get your thoughts. Adam Cole, the super kick to Kyle O'Reilly, and the official breakup of the Undisputed Era. This one, this one was really hard, not, not only to watch, but like, we're supposed to look forward to next week's episode, right? You're supposed to end on a cliffhanger so we can see what's going to happen. Well, I didn't want to see next week's episode because next week's episode meant that when that episode starts, the Undisputed Era is no longer together. It, uh, it, it truly was, um, the end of the era, but end of an era, um, for NXT as a whole here. Um, really, it, it, it really is sad, but at the same time, those guys were forever going to be, like, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish were forever going to be the tag team. Roddy was forever going to be the mid-card guy, and Adam was forever gonna be, like, the the main event guy that was not changing there was no shuffling that was going to be had i mean we we should have been able to read the tea leaves when kyle o'reilly is main eventing takeover like when he's main eventing takeover and going for the nxt title that's when we should have read the tea leaves here that the undisputed era is not long for this world because it's wrong it's wrong that kyle o'reilly is in the main event scene i'm not saying that he can't don't, don't, don't get me wrong that is not what i'm saying but in regards to how that group was built, how uh, how it started, how it was, and then how it is, it has always been tag team, mid-card, main event. And that is not Kyle O'Reilly. It's weird. Y- yeah, it was very weird when, when we saw him facing Finn Balor and everything else. And, uh, and, and at first when I saw Adam Cole being so happy for Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. it actually 
actually made me think, wow, maybe this is a faction that doesn't mind shuffling the deck. So I think that's why the super kick by Adam Cole to Kyle O'Reilly was such a shocker. Because if you had seen like right off the bat, Adam Cole kind of being like passive aggressive or kind of like not like not really giving Kyle props or being happy for him, then maybe you could have saw signs of a breakup. But he was like all in go do it. So I thought if you're going to break up the Undisputed Era and you want the shock value or, and I'm going to say it, the shock to the system, Mm -hmm. the best way to do it is to have Adam Cole 100% behind Kyle O'Reilly so you don't see it coming booking-wise. Yeah, I don't know, because now we're in a weird situation. Like, so even coming into this event before tomorrow, uh, before what is going to happen tomorrow night, that has not aired yet. We do not know the outcome. We don't know at this current time. We'll talk about that later. Um, but um, as it were, we know Bobby Fish is injured. He's getting better. And Roddy is just stagnant where he is. And Adam Cole, as we discussed earlier uh, off air, I think Adam Cole needs one short little more run with the NXT title, but that's for a different landscape. But anyway, it's gonna be weird to know that they'll never be together. Yeah. And now we get to watch them fight. <laughs> it's It's strange. Yeah, and it's definitely going to be strange, but of course that fight will be taking place on night two. Yep. So we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump into night one, which is why we're here, and we kick things off with the opening of the event. First of all, uh, I remember I was telling John a funny story. I won't say what the story is because I'm probably gonna be saying it on a later podcast. So I don't want to spoil it here, but let's just say John loved the story. And but at one point, John stopped me in the middle of the story and said, "You have to hear this." And we saw this girl on a guitar doing a Jimi Hendrix version of like the national yeah. anthem to kick this off. Nina Strauss, man. Yeah. Yeah. I. I can't, it's crazy that you don't know who that is. That's that is uh, that uh, Alice Cooper. He still tours. Yeah. Uh, that is Alice Co- Alice Cooper's guitarist. Really? Yeah. And she loves NXT. She comes down and does an, and she comes down and this is like the third NXT she's done. Um, I'll have to look it up, but um, I have to think you were watching. One year she did an electric guitar version of somebody's entrance. Um, okay. And I'll ha- I'll show you when we get off air. But yeah, no, dude, she she really likes NXT. She's a fan. She comes down and yeah. does stuff like this. Oh yeah. For all I know, she was probably on the show, but I didn't know who she was. Because, mm, yeah. you know, I, and no disrespect to Alice Cooper, uh, but I'm not, I, I, I like him. He's yeah. a good musician, yeah. but I don't really follow his touring no. schedule, his current band, no, so I would not have known that. I don't either. The only reason I know that information is because, like, I've heard it elsewhere. Okay. I, 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 I'm not coming in here, like, being uh, the Nina Strauss expert. I am not. Um, I just know that I've, I heard that elsewhere. I fact-checked it because I was like, no. No freaking way. So, like, you know what I mean? I fact-checked it. No, all of it's legit. But no, she's a a ridiculous guitar player. Yes. So we saw this amazing guitar performance, and then we got the first official match of the evening, Kushida versus Pete Dunne. I'm really glad they started with this match because this match was not going to be like the rest of the matches on the card tonight. This match was, it was and always will be that super technical, like, mat wrestling. Like, yes, they went out of the ring for this match, but when it all came down to it, this match was just a lot of technical, just in-ring stuff, and I'll tell you, uh, both of them looked really good doing it. Yes, and I will say that, you know, for the type of match that it was, it's what 
should open a show. Yes. You know, like if you're going to do a pure technical wrestling match with not a lot of storytelling and not a lot of psychology, it's sh- the openers where that belongs yeah. to kind of set the pace for the rest of the show and kind of show something different or showcase what usually NXT is, which is it does focus a lot on the in-ring wrestling. Um, so I did like that idea. And of course, uh, we always have the psychology because Pete Dunne can always snap somebody's fingers. Mm-hmm. So I knew the psychology in some respects was going to be there. I knew with Kushida, I wasn't going to see nothing but strong style BS, but um, I knew Pete Dunne could compliment it well. Yeah. And that's why the match works so well. Because when you have somebody that has a weird style of wrestling, but you know somebody else can compliment that style and kind of structure it in a way to where it makes sense in the context of, of the match, that can make it even better. So I so it's like Pete Dunne knew when to let Kushida do the strong style and when to back it off. Yeah. And so I, I strongly believe Pete Dunne was like the ring general in that match. I truly believe he was calling everything in that ring. It was super clean. Uh, super clean. And at the end of the day, uh, uh, without tapping out, uh, but uh, Pete Dunne takes this one home, Vinny. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I thought for sh- I thought honestly they were gonna um this was a this was a head heart situation um in my head i probably figured that pete dunn was gonna win but in my heart i kind of want to get you to pick that one up man Okay, why why did you want Kushida to win? Because they were pushing him, pushing him. He changed his gimmick. No, no, he's pissed off, Kushida. You know what I mean? He's yeah. mad. He's mad when he comes to the ring, and he still loses. I just, <laughs> it would have been really, yes, it's not for a belt, but it would have been good for him to, like, pick up a, a pay-per-view win. Like, like, what does Pete Dunne lose? I mean, like, on, I mean, I mean, as far as losing, like, he doesn't really lose anything. I mean, it's but, Pete Dunne. But I feel like, I think, unless they're trying to build Pete to something, because I feel like ever since the, the war game, Games with uh, Undisputed Era and Team McAfee, I feel like they've, ever since they've taken Pat off of TV, they've really been trying to build Pete Dunne as a standalone, like, badass. Yeah. Especially now that uh, Oni Lorch and Danny Birkin, or I'm... Birch. Uh, Orkin yeah. and Birch. Orkin and Birch. Okay, yeah. I thought I fucked those names up. No, you're good. <laughs> okay, good. Because I haven't said their names in a while, so I, I always I always mix it oh, up. Oh, no, no. It, okay, they're Lorcan not the easiest ones. Yes, Lorkin and Birch. So ever since they were out, they've been on the sidelines, um, you know, Pete Dunne's had to stand alone. So I thought maybe this is an opportunity to build him to something, like maybe the North American title, or maybe the NXT Championship. Maybe he could be on the fast track to getting that title. And that makes sense. I mean, and regardless, it was a technical match, and he got he got TV time. Nothing wrong with TV time. Absolutely. And speaking of the North American Championship, mm-hmm. we have the next match of the evening, the Gauntlet Eliminator to earn an NXT North American Championship match on night two. And the gentlemen we had, the people we had in this match were Isaiah Swerve Scott, Leon Ruff, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. It's weird calling him that, but anyway, let's start from the top, Vinny. I gotta say, overall, I enjoyed this match. Yeah. Uh, I kind of felt like, I I saw this match for what it was gonna be. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. A lot. This I'm ready to hear. What it what it was gonna be. Okay. When you hear Gauntlet Eliminator. Okay. You're usually thinking there's gonna be a lot of uh, spots in the match. It's, I wouldn't say spot monkeys, but like a lot of people hitting their signature moves, their finishing moves, and going for pins. Like that's gonna be the book so of the So everybody match. gets their time. Everybody gets their time. Or, or as they say in the business, everybody gets their shit in. Yeah. That's yeah. as I say. And that's not even being insulting. That's literally a wrestling term. Yeah. For the, for the, for the listeners, get their shit in. It means everybody's getting their shit in. But everything I liked 
was timed perfectly. And, you know, obviously Isaiah Sword, Scott, and Leon Ruff kick things off. Mm-hmm. They're doing the spot stuff. They're they going to do the, the spot monkey things. The, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, I'm kind of eh on it. I like Isaiah Sword, Scott, though. Leon Ruff. He is not growing on me. No, I mean, he's not. He's not growing, period. No. But he's not growing on me. I'm sorry, he's not. Uh, Bronson Reed made sense coming in, kind of decimating things. <laughs> I loved Cameron Grimes. And I know you said something interesting about Cameron Grimes. Yeah. And I, I, I want you to tell us. There's like, uh, apparently, because now as we all know, Cameron Grimes has this new, like, where he inherited a bunch of money or yeah. he found a bunch of money. Yeah. And now he's kind of like paying people off. And uh, you have something interesting to say about that. Uh, I... I was just, uh, because I didn't watch back then, um, I was trying to uh, compare him, or is this going to turn into like a uh, a Ted DiBiase million dollar man situation here, where Cameron Grimes just kind of starts getting his way because I paid him. I paid him. Like, I didn't watch back then. You told me some uh, off-air stories, but uh, I don't know if that can work in NXT, but it's so far it's funny. Oh yeah, and it, it, and I, I think there's a way you can make it work. It's just, it's really got to be done the right way. Because one of the things that I told was like what Ted DiBiase was at the time, even though like this is like the 80s and stuff. And, you know, at, at a certain point, wrestling was becoming revealed to the public that it is a work. Because before that, you kind of knew, but wrestling didn't really say it. But then finally, like 85, 86 or something like or like in the 80s, Vince finally came out and said that because he wanted to avoid the athletic commission and all their rules and regulations by yeah. saying we're not sport, we're entertainment. Yeah. So, but before that, they still kind of wanted them to, to be honest, even though he's in that bubble, to still live his gimmick 24-7. So everywhere he went, he had to be in a limo. Yeah. Everywhere he went, he had to dress in custom suits. He would get his contract, and he would get his pay from that contract. Here's how much we're going to pay you. And that money would basically go towards paying the rent, buying the food, taking care of the family, what you do when you when you, when you, when you earn yeah. a paycheck. But he would get extra money from Vince to specifically go out and buy stupid shit. Like, here's this money. You are not to spend it on any essentials. This is strictly for buying ridiculous, expensive, idiotic shit. I want you walking in the stores and being the million dollar man. Yeah. Like being that guy that will buy anything. Like the guy, or like like you would see today with like MTV Chris, where a rapper puts spinning rims on a gold jet ski. Because he can. Because he can. Yeah. And people hate that. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, when you're watching on TV, there might be a moment where you go, wow, that looks really cool. But in the back of your mind, you're like, fucking hate you. Yeah. You, you don't know why, but you just do. Like, it, it's not even, like, a bad thing. It just it pops in everyone's head. It's literally a human thing. And he did this one thing where he would pick people out of the audience, and he would um, get them to do ridiculous, embarrassing, degrading things. And to this day, whether or not they were plants, I don't 100% know. I'll have to go back and find out if they were. or they just, But they literally um, would have people, like, you know, bark like a dog or cry on their hands and knees or do obstacle courses one time they had this kid he had to be like four or five years old tops and they said i want you to take this basketball and dribble it if you can dribble it 10 times in a row consistently without stopping i will give you 300 dollars. and he holds up the 300 bucks shows to the crowd shows to the kid gives him the ball start the timer go one two three and the kid's dribbling five six he gets to nine db kicks the ball down the ramp and he says oh too bad like in one fluid motion eight nine oh Oh, oh, too bad, kid. What a legend. <laughs> the, what a heel. Oh, the crowd wanted to kill him. The kid is in tears. 
Oh, what a good kid! It was so good. Along. So if he's an if this kid's an actor, he's a gifted child actor because this kid was in tears. He was mad. The like eventually the the parents come shelter him. They're yelling at him. Like why would you do that to a kid? They they have to restrain the dad. Oh my god! No, like, the dad wants to punch him because you just because you just messed with my son. Like you know, and of course it's like security. I, you know, so the security comes in has to pull the dad away. away. You know, muscle the dad away and everything and the mom's consoling the kid because you know again they were play- it's like the 80s so back then it was like the da- in, in the 80s and I, you know the, the, it, traditionally the dad was like more of the badass I'm gonna kill you in the family the oh. mom not so much in some houses obviously there's exceptions to every rule you know but for the most part the TV w- family the TV family the dad was always the one that's like I'm gonna kick your ass and the mom was always like now honey there's a more productive way to solve this or, you know, that kind of thing. So, it played so well. So, I don't know if Cameron Grimes is going to go that route. Because I don't think they could do the things they do today. Because that's one of the things that they struggle with. And I'm trying not to go too far off topic on this. But, for example, one of the things WWE has is their Be A Star campaign. Where they literally go around to different schools and talk about bullying. And bullying being wrong. Which it is. But, the problem is, people find it hypocritical when WWE is talking about don't bullying. When they do the literally, stuff they do in the their ring. their heels are... Yeah. Yes. be bullies. But I do, I will give Stephanie McMahon credit for this. She always gives the best answer. And she says, we're entertainment, it's a show. And they mentioned that in the speech when they talked to the kids. Like, you hear them say, like, obviously we're a TV show, we're entertainment, we have bullying moments, but we always make sure the bully gets dealt with. And that's always been the key thing. Like, and I'll use this one last example, and then I promise I'll get back to the match. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was really on a roll here. It's like, remember WrestleMania 34 when Nia Jax fought Alexa Bliss? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they went through that whole fat-shaming thing for months. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, and granted, most of it was bad television. I will give you that. But people got mad. People got frustrated that they were burying Nia Jax. And I'm like, no, it's only a burial if she doesn't win at Mania. If Alexa Bliss had retained the title, Nia Jax is buried. She's done. Go by. See you. You just killed. You not only killed her run, you not only killed her gimmick, you killed your be a star campaign at that point yeah she had to get the win because that's how it works that's how you tell the story the bully is picking on you making fun of you then finally eventually, you stand you up to the bully yeah. eventually you gotta stand up to the bully kick the bully's ass and then boom you arrive in the sunset and everybody likes you so that story made sense so anyway back to the match so what I loved about that was of course Dexter Loomis is being Dexter Loomis yep so uh, and I'm not trying to say anything bad but you, you know what to expect with a Dexter Loomis match oh yeah stoic couple of good strong bra- strong like big man moves but that's all he needs to do he's super clean like it's it's so clean when he wrestles man i really feel bad for dexter loomis because he had a good thing going and then he got injured yeah it that sucks man but you got to admit he's slowly he's slowly rebuilding it he's trying he's trying but for me the star of this is la knight or as we all know him as eli drake eli drake yeah, so we're going to call him Eli Drake on the show going forward, but I... That's so bad for the audience, <laughs> but it's really hard for me to call him L.A. Knight because it is. it's Eli Drake. Yes, but here's the thing. I get why they're using the name because they want to give WWE something to trademark, right. so that way if he, if he ever gets released by WWE or if he asks for his release and he goes to Ring of Honor or Impact or God, AEW, yeah. he could be Eli Drake because mm-hmm. they won't try to take his gimmick from him Yeah, because they learned from Impact, don't try that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
they learned that with the Hardys the hard way. Don't ever try to take someone's gimmick because that will kill your PR. Um, Vince can get away with it. Other companies can't. So, but he comes out and he's cutting his promos and he's taking everybody down verbally. I could listen to Eli Drake talk all, all, all day. Just, just put a microphone in his hand and just let him speak. I love his wrestling. I love his in-ring work. I think it's great. But he's one of those guys that's like, he is gold on the mic. Yeah, he's good. He's the, really good. To the, I mean, like, I'm, I'm still waiting for him to start calling everybody dummies. I'm waiting for it. I want, I want to see, like, I want to see dummy, yeah, dummy, yeah. Here's another dummy, yeah. Just go crazy, cause he could literally just have the best things to say, and then just. I was, I, I love it so much. When Bronson Reed attacked him, I got pissed. Oh yeah, I was pissed. I look at Bronson like, God damn it! And I like Bronson Reed, but I was like, I was, I was like, dude, he was, he was on a roll. He's killing everybody. He like was. this dude, like if he's not NXT champion within a year, I'll be shocked. This yeah. guy to me is the total package in wrestling. To me, I there's very few wrestlers that I will ever say like is the total package. Eli Drake is it. I gotta see him more in NXT. Yeah, I can. I I would have been comfortable saying that like near his run in Impact, he was he was everything Impact needed, and I just and I I know he's so easily got it in him. I just need to see it in NXT for me to believe we can put the belt on him. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be hard. Yeah, like I love the fact that he slipped in and got the pin on Dexter Loomis. Yep, I thought it was great, and the stare down between the two of them was epic. So I kind of see a potential rivalry building between them down the road. Right, I would love to see a match between them. I think it would be it would work wonders, but then of course eventually Ellie and I gets eliminated. Uh, bothered me so much, but still we still saw a great match in the end. Bronson Reed gets the victory over over Swerve. Isaiah Swerve Scott. Isaiah yeah. Swerve Scott hits the colossal, and then Johnny Gargano comes out to taunt with the belt and everything. So we're gonna see Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano on night two. How do you feel about it? God, do you do you see a world where they let Bronson Reed take that belt off Johnny Gargano? I don't know. Like on the one hand, they're building Bronson Reed up really good. They they he he won. Did did he not win the battle royal? Yeah. Last week is or uh, t- either last week or two weeks ago, and then he just won a gauntlet match. Apparently, this is like the next like Iron Man of NXT because uh, literally in, in one month period, if you got a battle royal on your belt and a gauntlet match on your belt, and now you're going for the North American title. Yeah, they like you. Oh, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we were shocked when he won that qualifying match for that ladder match for the North American title. Right. Out of nowhere, he just won it. Yeah. Then he went in there, dominated. Granted, he didn't win the title. He ended up going to Damian Priest. But Bronson Reed had, like, that coming out moment. And when and when a wrestler has that, you got to build with it. So I don't know if he'll take it off of Johnny because I feel like the Gargano way is something that's really, you know getting a lot of steam in NXT still. Like, obviously, especially with Austin Aries coming back and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Indy Hartwell is starting to build her up a little bit. So, I don't know if that faction's done yet. So, until you're ready to do away with that faction, I don't know if Johnny's dropped the belt so soon. Unless you're building him to the NXT title. God, I hope not. Yeah, pro- probably not. I hope point. not. I, th- I, I doubt- think Johnny's done with the NXT title. I really do. Okay. Yeah, I, I doubt he's going to go back to it, but if he was go- if, if, if he was going to, that would be the only logical reason to drop the North American title if he's still in the Gargano way. Yeah. But if you have no plans to do anything with the Gargano way, if you're going to split them up, if you're going to do something stupid with it, you might as well give the belt to Bronson Reed and call it a day. Yeah. Because Austin Aries, great athlete, not ready to hold that belt yet. No, so- no, no, no. There's no reason for him to take it. So, either way, it was, like I said, there was a lot of people that, with the exception of Leon Ruff, I enjoyed everybody else in this match. But, I'm sorry, this guy is a lost cause. Just, I'm not buying into it. They're trying. It's failing. Wow, man. 
back to the drawing board. You I, feel I, some kind of way. I don't. I don't hate him. Yeah. I just know it's not working. Yeah. You know, it's it's this is not this is not me on an angry tirade like I am with certain wrestlers. This is just tough love and brutal honesty. Yeah, That's okay. all it is. So yeah. I want to clarify that for the listeners. That is that is strictly a wrestling analyst opinion on Leon Ruff. It's not like this is this is not a Miz, Matt Riddle, Charlotte Flair level hate. It's yeah. just it ain't working. His character's not not, not coming yeah. through to me. It's just not working. So on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT UK Championship. Walter defends the title against Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I can say very clearly this was the match of the night. Yes. Um, p- very period dot end sort of statement stuff there. Best match of the evening. Um, these two, I really do feel like while this was for the United Kingdom Championship, like the way that people regard Tommaso Ciampa and the way that people regard Walter is similar in the sense of like people, people do think Walter is a prodigy. Like, especially in, in the UK. They do. Um, a lot of people said that about Ciampa when he was younger. I truly believe um, this, uh, spoiler, Walter retains. But I, I feel yeah. like I feel like that knowledge needs to know here. But this was kind of a passing of the torch of that, like, prodigy thing. Um, I think it was, like, subconsciously Ciampa also giving it to Walter. Like, here you go, man. Is you now. Because, as we saw earlier, Walter is now going to hold that belt 731 days. Uh, and I don't know why because you and I discussed down there, hypothetically, Ciampa has nothing left to do in NXT. He could have won that belt, finally broken Walter's streak, gone over to NXT UK for a month because they still do tapings, have a good little feud over there, build a story over there, and then figure it out. But they didn't. They just... Walter retained. Yeah. And the reason I, I, I even threw out the concept of going to go in the UK is because one thing we talked about is that Ciampa's one of those NXT guys that doesn't want to go to Raw, doesn't no, want to go to SmackDown. He, he doesn't want to leave. You know? He, granted, even though granted, when he was on SmackDown during the lead up to Survivor Series, he held his own, stood his ground. He's amazing. Buried, burned the Miz in ways I still talk about to this day. Like, Ciampa's amazing. He is. Like, this dude truly is a amazing, incredible talent. Yeah. But... And I feel like if he went to Raw and SmackDown, he would do well. That's just my personal opinion. I would make the jump because I think he could survive up there. But if he, if he believes in his heart that it's not a safe bet for him, go to, then send him to the UK. He's got the look to make it up there. Like, he takes his shirt off and you're like, damn, what do you eat? Like, how much time do you spend in the gym? He, he is ripped. Like, he absolutely has the look to go to Raw or SmackDown. I just don't know if he could succeed. Yeah. And it would be purely on the booking, not on the skill. Yeah. So that's why I thought you could prove for him. Also, Walter was in a situation because before the pandemic, before COVID, before all that, he was in a few with Finn Balor because mm-hmm. they were going to do the takeover in Dublin. I honestly believe if COVID hadn't hit and that show hadn't gotten canceled, I think Balor would have won the belt there and that's when Walter's streak would have ended because wow. Balor, I think they were going to send him over there because they wanted to do something more with him. But because... He was already being built as a badass, but had this thing derailed. Now he can't leave. He can't go to the UK. UK can't come here. What do we do? They took the decision. Let's make him the champion here in the States. I think that's why he has it. So they had to, they had to change stuff on the fly because of all of this stuff, all crazy things happening. So I don't know why Walter's keeping the belt. And, I, don't, I don't know. And again, it's not even a knock on Walter because I don't know if this is one of the best matches Ciampa's ever had, but it's definitely the best match I've seen Walter have. Ooh, um, ooh that's hard. Um, I will not be so bold as to say that. Okay, fair enough. Um, but um, yes, I'm gonna leave it that. I will leave it at that. Okay, we'll let you guys um, feel free to comment. Uh, yeah. You guys. 
guys. If you if you if you thought Walter had a better match than what we saw here, let us know. Uh, but either way, still still a fantastic match. And Both guys look good in the end. Oh yeah. And Walter's still champion. Walter's still champion. And on that note, we're on the next match of the evening. Help me, help me, help me, give me strength. Uh, for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships in a triple threat match, MSK versus the Grizzle Young Veterans versus Legato Del Fantasma. I commented when this match started, and I still do feel this way. I I believe NXT's tag team division um has become well stale. Yes, There's not a lot going on. We don't have that many teams. Um, and the ones we do have, I don't believe get enough TV time. I, I don't know. It's a weird division and the, the, the NXT tag TV division is really weird right now. Um, because it's either non-existent or nobody cares. Um, but man, Grizzled Young Veterans, they're awesome. They're awesome. They've done great things in NXT UK. Um, Phantasma, uh, his boys, uh, Elgato Del Phantasma, um, his boys, they've haven't been winning, but at the same time, uh, as you discussed, it'd be kind of cool to have, uh, um, King Cuerno, uh, with the cruiserweight belt and then with the tag belts. Like, it would, it would have been good. Yeah. Um, and then MSK. Like, obviously, I know who MSK, like, are. They they were in the finals of the Dusty Cup Classic this year. They're 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 really good. They're they're a little spot monkey for me in NXT, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I, like other than that, I don't really know who they are. So it was good. Ha- it was good having them in this match. Now you and I never would have uh, predicted how this one actually was going to end up because you and I were pretty damn sure. You said option one, option two, definitely not three. Holy shit, it was three. Yeah, I know, and that was I said definitely not three because I knew it was not a good decision. They're a tag team that nobody knows about, no one's paying attention to, and you're just putting belts on them. And I am not a believer on like, oh, we want to put we want to put the spotlight on these people that are unknown by just making them champions. See, to me, you make them unknown by dominating the division and then becoming champions. That's the better way to go. That's the effective way to go. The Grizzly Young Veterans have been good in every aspect of tag team wrestling. Their their in-ring skills are on point. Their double team moves are on point. Their promos have been savage and brutal and very well done. Every rivalry I have seen them in, they have caught my attention. It might not be the number that might not be the most important match to me on the card, but they were the reason I would watch most of the matches because they kept my attention. Yeah. The other two teams have not. Now, like I said, Legato Del Fantasma. Don't necessarily hate them, but I would have said if Santos Escobar on night two is gonna beat Jordan Devlin and become the undisputed cruiserweight champion, well then I put the tag belts on them and make them look good. Cause they're because and the reason is because the gimmick works. Yeah. We're gonna tell you about the rest of the gimmick works because they're like, we are bringing on and prestige back to Lucha Libre. Right. And show that this is more than just, you know, flipping around the ring and doing all the crazy stuff. It's a true art form. There's a true science to it. And I want that respect to come back. So now if Jordan Devlin's going to walk out with the belt, which is fine either way, uh, then I wouldn't put the belts on them. Yeah. You know, wouldn't make sense. So that's why I was saying pick either one of these two teams. MSK, they're not special. They're not special. They're not special yet is what I will say. Um because they could become special. But right now the it was um the, it was I believe it was the wrong answer to put the belts on MSK. I believe it was the wrong decision. It should have went to Grizzled Young Veterans. Yes. The Grizzled Young Veterans should be the tag team champions right now. And who knows? Maybe someday MSK will be a great tag team and we'll look back on this episode and I'll eat my words. 
and I'll do it. You know, not the first time it's happened to me. It's a rare thing that's happened to me, but it's not the first time. But for now, this is this was a bad call. And I think it was out of all the decisions made on night one, this is the worst one they made. Okay. I this was not a smart move for your tag team division. It, but it was this it was a safe move. Yes. In the sense of because they were vacant. Absolutely. But I will say the most intelligent move I saw was the main event of the evening. Oh yeah. For the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai defends the title against Raquel Gonzalez. So, I gotta say, I'm really glad that this match main evented night one. Because I loved the fact that both women got awesome entrances. I mean, like, full-on takeover level entrances it was great to see them both get them because they deserve it um and i don't mean that in i don't mean that uh in the sense of like where are our trailblazers i just mean they got the main event and nxt made it look like a damn main event it was awesome yeah um and dakota kai looked great as well down there with her little her little uh her little pink hair um but this one started off on a high and it kept on a high for a really long time because these two ladies took some mean mean bumps in this match yes they took a lot of risks uh eo shirai of course jumping off the stage oh the the skull the skull yeah and of course her uh her moon scissor over the moon over the way whatever it's called uh moonsault that she does uh you know and raquel kicking out of that i thought was great Mm -hmm. because it was one of it was one of the few false finishes i've actually liked right because i actually believed it was the finish yeah which is what the key thing is in order for a false finish to work Work, you have to believe it's the finish. Just because they make noise doesn't make it false. And and Io Shirai, Io Shirai puts people away with that moonsault all the time. All the time. And that is the key thing to making a finisher like that great is when you can teach the audience that I do this moonsault and every time I hit the moonsault, I win. Right. And you've seen it. It's documented. So that's why when she has that moonsault and Raquel kicks out, you're like, holy shit, this ain't over. Yeah. And very few finishes in wrestling do that anymore. So I will. that's the one prop I will give to Io Shirai, that she protects her finisher. Right. And, and, and Triple H and everybody down there helps her do that. But I will say that as much as I enjoy her protecting her finisher, I'm glad she was not able to protect her title. Yep, I agree. Because, dear God, we were getting close to Asuka 2.0. I, I, we were I, so close. I think you're overblowing that. Just a little. Yeah, I said we got close. I didn't say we were there. I know, I know. I mean, come on. We were, I mean, it's not Asuka even... 2.0, but we were like, we were inching towards that finish line pretty, no, pretty quick. No, okay, okay. Legitimately, put a percentage on it. Give me a percentage of how far you think Io Shirai was to Asuka. Uh, I would say uh, 60% I'm being generous. Ooh, okay. You know 60 what? 60 and I'm being generous. I, the initial number I, I, that popped into my head was 55. Yeah. So I'll take it. Okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with saying roughly 55, 60% to yes. Asuka. We were, yes. But it was, it was, it was, it was not looking good because yeah. it's like, it's like I said before, uh, after, you know, I get some money, somebody to have a long title reign. I yeah. get somebody wanting to have a valid thing, but once you've gone through everybody, that's when a long title reign becomes a problem. Yeah. Because then you either got to come up with somebody brand new or you got to bring in somebody else, like a part-timer or something, Mm -hmm. to do it. And that's why a lot of times people get mad when part-timers come in and take a belt. And I'm like, well, what did you expect? He beat everybody on the full-time roster. Yeah. He's going to reshuffle the deck. And I always make this Dragon Ball Z joke. I'm supposed to believe the guy trained in a hyperbolic time chamber for three months and suddenly came back and now is Super Saiyan. I'm not buying it. Yeah, now he's better. That's what I'm saying. I'm not buying it. That's why you you got, at some point, while you're having somebody on a long title reign, at some point you have to build somebody and you have to look at that person and go, 
we want this person to take that belt off this person. And we're going to keep in here and make them a megastar until we're ready. And then bring that person in. And when they have that one encounter, one and done, they take the belt. Maybe there's a rematch. Yeah. But you don't let them square off until you are ready for that champion to lose that belt. And there are there have been times where WWE has timed it very well. And there's also been times when they haven't. And this was almost one of them. Because Io Shirai at this point had beaten almost every credible woman there was to beat. Yeah. So it was either you give it to Raquel Gonzalez, you bring somebody back from Raw or SmackDown, or you got to pull somebody out of the Performance Center, start building them up. Just them real, some, real quick. Real, real quick. Build somebody. Because after a certain point, doesn't matter how good you are in the ring. If you're... If, if, if the audience already knows you're going to win before you go out there, it kills whatever it's, excitement there is. Well, long story short here, uh, it was a really, really good match. Very good. Uh, these two ladies took a lot of bumps. And uh, at the end of the day here, Vinny, uh, we have a new NXT Women's Champion. Raquel Gonzalez. Yes. Clean. She takes this belt clean off of Io Shirai because about a quarter of the way through, uh, Dakota Kai got caught uh, interfering, so she gets kicked out. So, solid, solid win for Raquel Gonzalez here. Yeah, and that's always the best part. When the person, like, you know, you're, the person you have in your corner gets thrown out, but you still find a way to win, yeah. it gets the excitement going. And by the end of that match, I couldn't tell if Raquel was a heel or a babyface. Yeah, uh, it was definitely a babyface uh, celebration. Yeah. 100% babyface celebration. I think it's because she was just so excited to win the belt. I agree. And I, so because it's such a big deal and because, you know, you have adrenaline and excitement, this one time I can give a pass. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, so you, you, you can get a pass on so, that. So philosophy, Um, I, I am of the belief Okay. I understand that wrestling is a work. I totally get it. I get that all that's planned ahead. The, the outcome is determined. I understand that. But I like to think in my fan world that every single title match, um, both of the or all of the participants know about 97% of the match. And the last little 3% is the judge or is the referee going like this, you know, checking on you. Are you okay? And he just told you how this is going to finish. I really like to think in, in title matches, the participants don't know so when they do actually win that that celebration is real okay i i also equate that back to remember when adam cole became the inaugural north american championship in that in that five-way ladder match you can't fake that emotion pulling that belt off that ladder oh yeah i don't think raquel or when rhea ripley took the belt off of Shayna. i i don't believe that can be faked or or an actress can do that oh yeah i, I think what we saw tonight was legitimate holy oh. holy shit i just won the belt Oh, it definitely was. And sometimes it's hard to hide that. Mm -hmm. Like I know, especially when you're getting it for the first time. But there are most times where some people, where some wrestlers know they're getting the belt. Yeah. Like I remember, like Jericho told the story when he found out he was going to be the first ever undisputed champion when he beat Rock and Austin the same night. He found out six hours before the show that he was going to win. And he found out while he was in catering. He's in catering, eating, and on a, ta and a, and a couple tables away from him were Vince McMahon and The Undertaker. They were just kind of sitting there eating. And Vince, like, and, and contrary to popularly, Vince likes to prank and fuck with people. And he loved to fuck with Jericho all the time. 
just he he took great pride in just ball busting bashing Jericho. Jericho. Like he, he put him over well on TV, but like as a just as an ass a natural asshole, he did it. And he this is how Jericho knew. He's sitting there just eating, and all of a sudden Vince turns to the Undertaker and he goes, Hey Taker, you know how you know the wrestling business is going down the toilet? And Taker goes, How Vince? He says, We're putting the belt on Jericho. Fuck. And he goes back to eating. And Jericho kind of just goes, Huh? And he wasn't even insulted. He was just like, they're putting the belt on me? Like, what? Like, that, that's how Vince told Jericho he was going to win the title by just that smart ass. Because he knew he was going to do it. He's just a smart ass yeah. comment. And he goes, like, Yeah, that's how you know the business is going down the toilet. We're putting the belt on Jericho. <laughs> just fucking hilarious. But yeah, congratulations to Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I can, I, I, now, see, this makes me excited to be watching NXT again. Yeah. Cause now I want to see what she's gonna do. Shuffle. It's it's always good to have a takeover because some of the cards get shuffled around. Yes. That are in desperate need to be shuffled around. The women's title was one of them. Yes. And what makes it even better is the fact that now with Raquel there, we can find out because she won by herself. Yep. Is she gonna remain a heel with Dakota Kai, or is she gonna turn babyface? And go her own way. Because with that excitement there, you don't really know until... That's the thing you don't know. Because it's so genuine, the excitement. You don't know, are they about to go a babyface route? Make yeah, a face I, turn? Because they, you think they, they, they can flip that script? Like, I realized that I got here being a, being a bitch. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to I'm gonna take pride in hold, holding this belt and turn, turn her face. Or exactly. Or just say, you know, I realized I didn't need you. I didn't, I didn't need your help. I can do this on my own. So I'm going to do it on my own. Whoever wants to fight me, bring it on. Like go, that kind of thing. Go, uh, go, go, fighting champion. Well, well, that's how baby faces as champions have to work. You yeah. got to be a fighting champion. Yeah, that's the, that's got to be the key thing because baby faces are never are rarely allowed to back down from fights. The only time you're really allowed to back down is if you're injured. Then you can say like you know like I I can't wrestle you. I mean I got I, my leg is in a cast. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, well, wait till I get. And then they say a bunch of others and goes, well, wait till I get this cast off, and then I'll take you on, like that kind of thing. Well, either way, Vinny, that was night one of Stand and Deliver. Yes, it was fantastic, and I definitely am excited, John, to you know be back to be back here, man. Yeah. I look forward to recapping more NXTs in the future. I know technically your official return will be the twenty seventh, I believe. Yes, it will. Yes, that will be uh, when we'll be uh, officially recapping because John's got some last minute deals he's got to take care of. So life stuff, man. Life stuff. So I'll be back by myself. But the good news is you'll hear more of John on night two. Yeah. The only difference is he will be joined by the one and only. Mr. Elvis Delinsky former, former AEW correspondent. Yes. Uh, former AEW correspondent Elvis Delinsky has graciously volunteered to step in because uh, tomorrow while uh, night two is going on, I'll be doing the uh, Going Live show. Yeah. Uh, the Going Live show YouTube channel, which is the new sketch comedy show I'm in. We'll do more details about that on a future podcast. But uh, because I'll be doing that on Thursday night, I will not be able to see night two. So Elvis has agreed to step in. Yeah team up with John and they're going to knock out night two of NX of NXT stand up and deliver, which will be coming out later today here on the booch cast. I wanted to put them both together, but due to some tech issues, we were not able to make that happen. So you're listening to night one right now, night two will be coming out later today. So I apologize for the inconvenience, but make sure you keep following the booch cast here on anchor, go to anchor.fm slash the booch You can also get access to our other uh, podcasting platforms that we are on. We are also on Spotify. You can follow us on Breaker. You can follow us on Google Podcast app. 
as well. And of course, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, at TheBoochCast. You can also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash TheBoochCast. Make sure you guys check out our WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2 watch parties set to take place live at 8 p.m. on Twitch both nights. Come check us out. And of course, you can support the show here on Anchor. Go to our Anchor page to find out more details. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys later today. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.